0: Welcome back to the Boys' Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Schaefer, here for a second straight podcast with my other co-host, Brian Henn. What's up? Hey, Brian. And we also have one more person here, Matt Kinney. Welcome to the pod.
1: What's good, boys?
0: Glad to have Matt and Brian here. We're getting draft. We're getting into draft mode. Coming up April 28th right around the corner. I know our rookie draft isn't until September now uh, because of some people who hate fun during the offseason, <laughs> but uh, it's never too early to do a rookie draft, and especially you know from the perspective of the owners of our league. So what we'll be doing today, we'll be going pick by pick, talking about the rookies, talking about who we think people are going to take. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure Matt and Brian are, but yeah, we can go ahead and get started, Brian. Any Brian or Matt? Any thoughts before we kick it off?
2: I I just personally think that uh, from you know for the rest of this pod we should be uh, referred to as Matt Kuyper Jr. and Brian McShay, just <laughs> for what it's worth. <laughs> Matt.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> That's how it's going to be. Mel's Mel's my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm ready. Let's let's hop into it.
0: Great. Well, uh, Brian, you can, you can go first. Cause you're the first pick overall. So we'll, we'll let you go first. I'd like to, you know, you'll be drafting for your team with this first pick. So I think you have a pretty good idea of your needs. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Definitely. You pick one?
2: Yeah. So um, just to give everybody kind of an outline of how this will work. So Matt and I will jump back and forth, uh, you know, pick by pick through the first two rounds of the draft uh, you know, picking as if we were that team. So, this is uh, I you know in my opinion more based off of what you know what Matt and I would do in those you know those situations um, and you know we'll do our best to kind of impersonate that uh, you know what that team would need the most um, but pretty easy one for me out of the gate I uh, would certainly hope that I know my own team better than anybody else's team in this in this league so uh, I think it's you know this one's probably been written on the board for a long time uh, you know with the with the top pick I, I don't you know, have much fear in saying that it's, it's almost certainly Malik Willis at this point, like Malik Willis just brings, you know, it's, it's risky. Like, you know, there is no clear cut QB one in this class. There's no promise that Malik Willis will be anything, anything special whatsoever, but I'm in desperate need of quarterback help. And I think that is, you know, far and away need number one on my team. And I think Malik Willis brings that really unique, combination that Lamar Jackson type combination that Josh Allen combination of you know strong arm you know uh, fairly accurate passer although he has his one-offs and then uh, you know the ability to run so uh and we all know those those rushing yards are just you know so impactful for for QBs and, and fantasy so uh you know, it's a it's a shot in the dark. There are much safer picks, I would say, for number one overall, but this feels like a really big kind of boom-bust potential uh, out of the gate. And, uh, you know, I feel like I have the roster that I can let him sit for a year or two if I need to um, before he's fully, you know, fully uh, starting for me. Um, but, yeah, that, that one feels pretty set in stone.
0: Honestly, I'm kind of surprised. Uh... Yeah? I was thinking you'd, you'd go Brees, like, locked first overall, personally. Um, I feel like Malik is, like, yeah, he's the best quarterback, like, the best upside quarterback, but yeah, I don't know, like, if he was in last year's draft or next year's draft, like, maybe feels like a bit of a... I don't know. You'd probably take him in two, which I think would yeah. be the right pick anyway, so the fact that you have one and two, not big of a deal, but I don't know. I feel like my excitement about him would be very landing spot dependent. Like if he goes to Pittsburgh, I'm like, yes, first overall, but if he's in like
1: Carolina
0: or Detroit or something like that, that's a little bit iffy. What do you think, Matt?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, The luxury that Brian has having one and two, I mean, these first two picks are going to just be like whoever he wants. It's just a matter of, you know, who does he want to hold the title of number one overall? So but I agree. I think Malik uh, Willis, definitely the highest upside, um, but also the one guy that we don't know a whole lot about.
2: Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Ruff, I just, yeah, I, I, well, I was just going to say, I think this is, you know, it's probably not a pick you make if you don't also have number two, you know what I mean? Like, Very true. yeah. So anyway, Matt, over to you. Who, who am I taking at number two? <laughs> well,
1: speaking of number two, obviously we've seen Brian's team quarterback, who? Uh, why he needs to go quarterback at the beginning. And this is not a draft to honestly say you need a quarterback. Um, unfortunately for a lot of teams also, I don't necessarily know this is a draft If you need a running back outside of the top three. You're stretching for stuff. Fortunate for Brian. Um, I think the clear cut running back to be number one, overall Brees Hall, as aforementioned, Um, out of Iowa State, should be who he takes with a quarterback. But in this case, we're going to go Brees Hall, too. Per my mocks, he's always been the top running back. Uh, I think he's a do-it-all kind of back. Can run between the tackles, decent pass catcher. He's also a plus um, in pass pro, like pass protection. So I think Brees Hall is the easiest person to say within the top two he will go. And in this case, he's going to go number two.
0: Personally, I think that's the right pick. I mean, you know, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but fortunately Brian has one and two. So that makes it a lot easier, but I feel like Brees is the the best player in the draft from a fantasy perspective. Like I would say most likely to be the best player. I feel very confident that he will have a good, at least three years of fantasy. And, you know, right now he's getting, I'm seeing him some mocks going to the bills, which would be super exciting. I think it helps Brian's team a lot. You know, right now, a decent starting lineup, I don't think there's any problems with it outside of quarterback, obviously, that we've mentioned. But there's not a whole lot of depth there on the bench. So, you know, you may not feel comfortable starting Devontae Smith or Elijah Moore at this point every week, and maybe even DK Metcalf with what's going on in Seattle. So the more starting players I think he can get for those, you know, additional flex spot we've added this year as well, I think the better for Brian's team.
2: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I definitely think that you know, especially if the draft were today, that would that would be where it goes. Something that I think is going to be really interesting with this, you know, you know, this running back pick here. It's you know almost certainly a running back, but uh, is you know like if the draft were tomorrow, or you know if the draft were even in you know May, I think Brees Hall is the easy pick. But just from the draft coverage that I'm hearing, Kenneth Walker just continues to skyrocket up up like real nfl draft boards and you know all i can think about is like if kenneth walker supplants Brees hall as like the higher pick in the better position you, you just don't know which way it's going to go i really <laughs> wish
1: that all of you could see the zoom call right now because josh <laughs> had to turn his head away from the microphone to listen to this blasphemous talk from brian <laughs> the, re- the reason you can't fuck this up,
0: Brian. You cannot let Mike get Brees Hall at five. You can't fuck this up. This is this would be a catastrophe if yeah. Brees Hall falls outside the top two.
1: The reason Kenneth Walker is shooting up drafts and Brees Hall isn't is because Brees Hall's already at the top and Kenneth Walker is not.
2: <laughs> I can't he give was. everybody my entire draft strategy here, guys. <laughs> We're just giving them one and two.
1: Brian, I
0: have an I have a I have a question though. So a two like it feels it feels like Brace Hall because we're pre-draft, but say like a Traylon Burks, a Drake London, Garrett Wilson. I think those are the big three receivers. One of them lands in Kansas City. Do you think about it? Do you think about it?
2: Yeah. Well, so I'll be honest with you. Part of the reason that I made the Austin Eckler trade with Matt, uh in the uh Uh, Elijah Mitchell trade with Mike was to strengthen my running back core to allow myself options based on where players get drafted. So like I you know obviously I would like to add a fourth running back just for you know flex options and you know injuries and bye weeks and all that kind of stuff but I feel like I'm at the spot where if I had to go into the season with these three you know based on how the real NFL draft breaks you know if I had to go into the season with these three i would feel okay with that with the idea that you know i could pick up a waiver wire running back you know or you know an injury you know injury handicap or something like that to get myself through the season so long story short yes absolutely like if if drake london garrett wilson Traylon Brooks somebody lands at just a really really awesome spot they are definitely definitely on my board
0: what do you think about that matt how are you on a talent opportunity kind of perspective like are you taking Brees at two regardless of where the receivers lands or what do you think?
1: Personally, if I'm Brian, I would go running back at two. Um, Unless, unless one of those, I would say if one of those three goes to Kansas city slash green Bay, Mm -hmm. I might pull the trigger on them at two. The issue is, like, most mocks that we see have them all going in that, like, kind of sweet spot of, like, 8 through seventeen, eight to, like, 20, which is going to be ahead of that. So then it turns into a, okay, is it time to pull on one of those, like, second-tier guys? The other thing with Brian, too, is, like, he does have four. Running back not necessarily a need for Dylan at three, which great segue for Brian. What do you think is going to happen at three if you were Dylan picking? Yeah.
2: So to me, I, I couldn't agree with you more like running back. I feel like is the position of strength for Dylan. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, later in the draft, Dylan should probably definitely address running back just to get some more, you know, more youth on board. But I, I personally don't think it's, it's the right route to go, you know, at three overall. So for, for me my favorite receiver in this draft is Drake London so I'm going with Drake London for Dylan at three i I think that can be that could be adapted to best wide receiver in the best you know or you know wide receiver placed in the best situation uh, but to me I think Drake London provides everything you look for in a wide receiver I think he has some like West Coast bias in terms of you know I think if he played at Alabama or Georgia he would be you know, a top five pick just based on talent, but because of, you know, some injury history and because of him playing at, you know, 10 o'clock at night Eastern time, I think he gets kind of, you know, taken down draft boards a little bit. Mm. Uh, But I think, I mean, he's got the size, he's got speed, he's a ball winner. Like I, I, I'm a big Drake London fan. So to me, that's, that's where Dylan needs to go. And Dylan's, Dylan's wide receivers. I think I told Matt this once, Dylan's wide receivers are chock full of like, good fantasy wide receivers that I had completely off my draft board in the startup draft, because I, they all have like enough red flags to me that I didn't want to be tied to them. So guys like Marquise Brown, you know, I like Michael Pittman too, but the quarterback situation in Annapolis has been weird. So like, he's got multiple wideouts. Obviously Justin Jefferson is, you know, a whole other level, but to me, there's, there, there were just too many red flags with his wide receivers. So getting somebody like Drake London, I think makes a lot of sense for him.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I don't think you can really go wrong between. I, I, I don't personally. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more of like it's Drake London and Garrett Wilson, and then I have like Traylon Burks, like kind of a middle tier between, and then it's like Jameson and Alave. I think yeah. just kind of based on where I'm seeing draft boards, that's my personal opinion. I don't think you can go wrong with Drake. It'll be it'll be worrisome if he goes to the Jets. I mean, you draft talent, of course, but. I'm seeing a lot of mocks with Drake to the Jets, which would be a little scary. Personally, I think if I'm Dylan, like I think what you said is spot on. Like he had like Justin Jefferson, obviously elite receiver, but other than that, I think he's got a, a, a quite a few middling wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes. Like I don't think I would trust any of them to be consistently wide receiver twos. I would try and package this pick with like one of those guys for like an elite wide receiver. If I was him, if you're going to go receiver here, I don't think you need another one of those guys. Who's just going to be in the middle, Like yeah. you already have enough roster spots competing for that. I don't think he really needs to draft this year. Like I think it could be worse for him than actually like making a pick at three.
2: That's a really interesting idea. I like that. Matt, what are your thoughts on packaging that with pick to get out of, out of three or pick uh, packaging out with player to get out of three? Yeah,
1: I mean I don't mind that idea, especially like maybe if you can snag someone's first next year or, you know, make a deal with Mike who's got infinite I mean nine of the top 20 picks in next year's draft, like, you know, if Mike really wants to sneak up and like take somebody. Um I don't think that's a terrible idea. I'll give you another alternate option for Dylan. Dylan going
2: quarterback at 3. It crossed my mind
1: it did. Carson Carson Wentz to the commanders. I mean, the Carson Wentz thing is just uh, Jimmy G, you would have hoped he's been traded by now. He's still sitting in San Francisco, who seems to want Trey Lance as their quarterback. Deshaun is Watson injured. has been, <laughs> and he's injured. Deshaun Watson has been, quote unquote, cleared to play quarterback, but the Browns are keeping Baker Mayfield fully intent that he might be suspended. Like, Dylan very well could be going into next season, like with four starting caliber quarterbacks, but only two like literal quarterbacks playing. So depending on, especially if we draft like late, like August, September, I wouldn't be shocked if Kenny Pickett is at play at this pick. Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral, like quarterback in the next best spot. Personally, I like Pickett, but that could be another narrative at play at three. Yeah.
0: I could see it. I mean, I don't know. Mike and I have been texting about this too. I we feel like Dylan is the biggest wild card of this draft. I think there's sure. no no need for he has no positional needs really, like glaringly obvious, and he hasn't looked at it at all. So you have no idea who he's even interested in at this point. What do you think, Brian?
2: Yeah. No, I I, I you know, when I when I think about uh Dylan's top two needs to me wide receiver two is the obvious option, which, you know, your situation clears up and then quarterback is the other one Because I agree with Matt, like, you know, just on paper, he has one of the better quarterback rooms, but in terms of, you know, like practicality and, and them actually getting on the field, I feel like he has, you know, a really, really tricky situation. So I agree, like, especially because I feel like Kenny Pickett is probably the most NFL ready of the quarterbacks in this draft. Like I see him as probably being the most likely to start week one and that, that in and of itself might be valuable to Dylan just to have a little bit more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah, And
0: there's an argument too of like, you know, quarterbacks hold the most value in our league, right? Like they're worth, like if you draft a quarterback he will be worth something if you trade for him, especially if he's starting. Like if he's starting week one, a rookie starting is going to play for at least three years, especially if they're first-time rookie. So, yeah. I'm going to say even even
2: bad, you know, bad real-life quarterbacks can make for good good fantasy quarterbacks. Yeah, very true. Matt, where are you going at four?
1: Yeah, where are we going? Well, a big surprise to who's picking here. It's old BN. Um, So at this point, in our mock brian's gone willis one hall two london is off the board in terms of wide receiver i still come back i know brian's given himself some flexibility here to potentially a wide receiver at four um thinking garrett wilson a nice position you know maybe he takes a crack on a high riser that goes to a prolific style offense but I still look at that quarterback room and say, all right, we got Mac Jones. We got Marcus Mariota in Atlanta who, I mean, hell, Atlanta might take a quarterback in this case, like in this draft at some point. Teddy's not a starter. Heineke's not a starter. You don't know about Willis. Um, so if it were me picking there, I would take the next best quarterback. And that would be, like I said, I think Kenny Pickett goes
2: for Yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, uh, um, like I said, with Kenny Pickett being the most NFL ready, I feel like that that provides a lot of value too. Josh, what are your thoughts?
0: I'm curious to know, like Brian, if this was actually you picking today, I mean, obviously a lot of things are going to change in five months. So this is more speculative fun. Would you take Kenny Pickett at four? Like assuming he goes in the first round independent of team, do you think you would take him at four?
2: yeah definitely I I, honestly like if I had to if I had to bet on the three names that I walk out of the draft with if I was betting at this point these would be the three names because I think you know Malik Willis is is a high ceiling low floor guy Brees Hall should be a high ceiling high floor guy Kenny Pickett should be kind of a low ceiling high floor guy so like to me that, you know, kind of check all three boxes. Uh, I feel like Kenny Pickett is probably, you know, he's probably never a top seven or eight quarterback in the NFL, but I'm would be just banking on the fact that he's not a bottom seven or eight quarterback in the NFL. Like if he could have a Kirk Cousins type career, that would be, that would be money for me. Uh, And so that's, I, I, and I, I feel like I learned my lesson this last year that you have to have flexibility at quarterback. And, you know, like we've, discussed on previous pods like you have to have an eye like six months into the future with quarterbacks you know it's not just good enough to have like you know a starter in week 10 but like that starter could be out of a job next offseason so like you have to kind of be thinking ahead to like who might be taking that job uh from them so no i can Pickett pick it to me makes a lot of sense there
0: yeah i don't know i i kind of go back and forth on this because it's like do I think there's a good chance Kenny Pickett could be available at seven? Like if you didn't take him at four, like, I think, I don't think Mike will go quarterback. Like I think that he might, because he might just want to get the player with the best value. And maybe he feels like Pickett will have the most value and he knows this year isn't his year. So it's like add another one to his pot, but I think he'd rather grow in a few other places. So I don't think Mike's going to take one. Like, maybe I'll take one. I don't know. But I feel like there's a good chance you could go wait at seven. And so, like, I just – I feel like we're pretty certain that, you know, two of, you know, London, Wilson, Burks, Jameson Williams, uh, John Dotson, like two of them will land – or even Olave. So maybe those, like, group of guys. Two of them will land on really attractive teams. And so – I feel like we might be doing a disservice to ourselves at this point to not think like, you know, like just say at four, I'm going to draft the receiver that lands on one of the bills, Packers or chiefs.
2: Like that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, for what it's worth, I actually don't have the seventh pick. So I'm on one. I th- okay. I thought you were implying that. I, I know, but
0: that's people. what I'm saying. Like, do you feel like you might be reaching a little bit? Like, are you oh, that well, confident? Gotcha,
2: gotcha Like, gotcha. like okay. you could
0: fall back. Like, would you, potentially consider moving back in the draft, knowing that picket will likely be there. Like if you're that convinced on the quarterback piece.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, that, I apologize. Yeah, that's a, that, it's a good point. I, to me though, I, having, having the fourth pick gives me control over who I, who I take versus if, you know, if I move back to seven and you end up going quarterback, which I, you know, I feel like it's, it's at least a decent chance. Uh, you know, Mike, I didn't think was going to go quarterback in the third round of the startup draft, and he did. So, like, he's always a wild card. Uh, to me, it's like just having the control at four is nice. Uh, but, I mean, you're right. It would it would probably be a little bit of a stretch just with, you know, there are better players on the board. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. It's, it's going to be all about where these where these players end up.
0: Yeah. I like that we're doing this before the draft too. So we can really just do like a talent based mock.
2: Totally. And then we
0: can come revisit afterwards.
2: Totally. No, this is going to have to be done again. Yeah. Uh, so what am I up at five here? You are up Is this as, as five Mike right. would. Yep. Okay. Yep. Mike would. So, uh, to me, I, I feel like Mike is in a really nice position. Um, in, in my opinion, like, you know, if I were him, I'm taking best available talent that isn't a quarterback uh, you know, obviously, if they if the best available available, you know, player is is a quarterback for some reason, like, you know, if I'm Mike, I'm probably moving out of that pick, you know, moving back in the draft. But, uh, you know, regardless to me, I I there's two players that I consider here, uh, but just given, you know, given the value of the position and fantasy, I'm, I think I'm going to go Kenneth Walker here for Mike at five. It's, it's a player that I know he's, you know, he cares a lot about. He's somebody that, you know, has loved Kenneth Walker. And, uh, I, I do too. I think Kenneth Walker has a really bright future in the NFL. I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like his, the only thing holding him back is he wasn't a very good pass blocker in college. And I feel like if he can figure that out, he's a three down back in the NFL, uh, which, you know, is, is the most valuable thing you can have in fantasy. I feel like, um, so to, to me, that's, you know, that's probably the best available player, but I, I could be swayed in, in other directions. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Matt. Yeah,
1: uh, I agree with the pick. I think, I think for right now, Walker is the move, especially from like Brian said, not only a talent base, but the value in fantasy running backs have a faster turnover rate. And with Mike having later picks in the second round, specifically like 2-1 and 2-2, with how deep of a wide receiver class this is, he can still get a couple of quality receivers if that's the route he wants to go. And then in this case, taking what is like now becoming the clear cut number two running back in this 2022 draft.
0: Yeah, I fully agree with that. I think it's a you know, I wouldn't, it's not a loaded receiver class, you know, like there's not a lot of great top end talent. I mean, they're, they're good, but I don't think there's like a, you know, these guys are going to be elite for sure. I think the running backs are very slim this year. So Mm -hmm. I think it makes sense to go Kenneth Walker at five and like, you know, my only thought about why he wouldn't want to do that is I think Mike's team is two years away, probably from having a realistic shot at contending. Like, so you know, you use up two years of a running back, like that's a lot to use, but I think Mike would still sell, you know, if he felt like it was time to move. So I think Kenneth Walker at five is a smart pick.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who you got, Matt? Um, so pick six,
1: we're looking at Josh, right? Is that correct? We are, yep. Yeah. So Josh at six, the, as I mentioned in my last mock, I think Josh is, Dylan, I think is a wild card purely because like, we just don't know anything. I don't even know if Dylan knows. I think Josh is the second wild card of the draft mainly because I just feel like you're always scheming something. No offense, but you're just like maniacally like pulling strings in the background. So I think I legitimately think you could go running back. I legit think you could go wide receiver. And like you said, like quarterback could end up landing here. Um, I think for right now, you would go greatest talent um, and the biggest potential um, in this case. So for me, I think you go with my personal favorite wide receiver in the class. He's been my favorite for a long time, um, and that's Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I think he is a bigger body than Drake London. I think he has that, like, go up and get it ability ability. He's not getting mocked as high as say Olave or Wilson. Um, but I just feel like he's like he's falling into one of those DK situations where the dude's an athletic freak, but teams are sleeping on him and he's going to go to somewhere good. And he's going to be, I feel like he has superstar written all over him. And to get that at six, I it's the way the league works. Josh gets a superstar.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think it's a shame that there are both. Wilson and Burks available here at six to take I mean I think if I was picking at three I would be happy getting either of those guys at the third pick and it's truly a testament to this draft I think there's you know personally I'm not as in on Kenny Pickett but I can understand like because of the value in QBs in our league he has inherent value so I think there's like a seven guy tier at the top And then, you know, Jameson Williams, Alave, like they kind of start to creep in as we get a little bit further. But it's crazy to think that Burks and Wilson would both be available here and it would be hard. I personally think I might lean more towards Wilson just because I like the, I feel like he's a little bit more trustworthy of a commodity. I definitely agree with your analysis on the Burks comp to DK, because I think that is, he's falling down draft boards for kind of, I mean, he wasn't a freak athlete, but he's a really good athlete. Big body, like great separation, use all around the field. You know, I'm probably overthinking it too by wanting to take Wilson here over Burks just from being swayed too much. But I think either are really a good pick at six.
2: What do you I think? think I think that the, uh, the kind of subpar combine performance from Traylon Burks is like a blessing in disguise for you at six, because I think it's going to push Burks from. You know, being picked in the 5 to 15 range to being picked in the 15 to 25 range, which, you know, just gets all those, you know, those title contenders, the great offenses, like it's right in their range where, you know, Traylon Burks might go from, you know, potentially being picked by the Giants to being, you know, potentially picked by, you know, the Chiefs or somebody in that range. Um, And like I really target, I think it's the 22nd pick in the draft the Chiefs have from the Dolphins. In that Tyree Kill deal, like that to me is just like Traylon Burks' sweet spot, and I, I also you know even though Drake London's my number one, like Traylon Burks is such a close you know close two or three for me because he's he's a slot receiver, so like he gets the slot targets, or you know he played slot in college, I should say, he gets the like target volume that a slot receiver does, but he has the body of you know an X receiver or an outside wide receiver, and like you know, probably has the red zone targets of an outside wide receiver. So you, yeah, I mean, depending on the system he goes to and depending on how he translate, like you might get the best of both worlds from, from one guy.
0: Yeah. I think there's high possibility for that. The only part I don't like about the like blessing of him falling back in mocks is better teams pick later in the draft. So if Burks goes to a good team, like I could see Burks in London, swapping spots, you know, Burks moving up to three and, London and Wilson being available at six or seven there, you know, and even Wilson too. Like, I feel like the landing spot will be big here because these three guys, I think it's really hard to discern the talent, the talent between the three of them, like who's really better. So I might be left, you know, but personally, like, I want to contend, like, I think my team is there this year. I'm like riding, you know, last year of Zeke, maybe last year or two of Zeke, like, the time is now and young wide receivers are, you know, a tough thing to depend upon, especially in the first year. It's notoriously not that good. Right. That's why there's like a 525 yard benchmark for keeping them on your roster. So yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but I, I, I agree with where we're at right now. It'd be hard to pass up Burks at six. So i like mm-hmm. to pick that.
2: Yeah. Well, what are
0: you thinking of seven, Bri?
2: Okay. So I, I think I'm, I'm picking for uh, Mr. Merida here and, Uh, I think I'm going to throw in probably our first big curveball of the draft. So it, and maybe it won't be, but we'll see what you guys think to me. uh, Austin feels like the type of team that should be able to draft, you know, best, best player available, but just given the situation of their roster is going to be forced into, you know, drafting for need, even if that means, you know, somewhat of a big, a big stretch. Um, so at number seven, I'm actually going with Desmond Ritter for, for Austin. I think it's the big name is going to be attractive. It's not, not where I would take, not where I would take Desmond Ritter, but just given the way the board has fallen, I feel like Austin's quarterback situation is so terrible right now that, that he has, he has to take a flyer on somebody like this. And I, I honestly think that Desmond Ritter might sneak up into the first round of the real NFL draft, which you know, will mean that at some point in his NFL career, he's, he's a starter. Uh, and I just, I, I think, you know, as much as I would love to give Austin a Garrett Wilson or, you know, Isaiah Spill or James Williams or whatever, I just, I don't think his roster is in the spot that you can, you have that luxury. What do you guys think? Curveball? Or- so
1: um, I, I think it, uh, I think it's more of like a slider. Like, okay. I think you got the position, right. I just think you got the person wrong. Interesting. Okay. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I think Ritter is an attractive name kind of sneaking up draft boards, but in terms of just like, like, yeah, Ritter's got the expertise and like the running ability, but f- to pass up on a guy like Matt Corral, who comes from a more pro style offense run at Old Miss who has played and like been around other like NFL talents. Um, I think that's going to be tough for Austin to say no to Um, that's my opinion. I would, I would go corral over Ritter at this point, uh, but that's just me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going to be whoever, if there's a third quarterback drafted in the first round, which I think is a big if like, I do not think it's a guarantee at all that there will be a third quarterback. I think most likely Willis and Pickett go in the first round, but The other guys are kind of hit or miss. And so, you know, if it does, it's weird because I think our league has proven at this point that you can't trade for an elite quarterback. Like it's nearly impossible unless you're giving up an elite quarterback in return as as well. So as much as I'm like, Oh man, do you really want to reach for a third, the third quarterback when Garrett Wilson is sitting there, like probably top 15 pick in the NFL draft? Like, it hurts, but like, you know, you got to do it. You don't know where you'll be drafting next year. Like this could be the only year you have a real shot ch- shot. I mean, like Bryce Young's going to be the first pick CJ Stroud, you know, top five for sure next year in the rookie draft. So like, this is probably the time for him that he would have a real shot at like being able to bet on somebody. So I hate the pick because it's like, I would be, you know, using your first round pick on Desmond Ritter definitely will not be a day one starter. Like, I mean that's be my bet, you know. So
2: I So let me let me ask you guys this. If if in the real NFL draft Desmond Ritter goes if a team if a team takes Desmond Ritter at say twenty-five and Matt Crow slips to forty, do you guys take Desmond Ritter for or do you take Desmond Ritter ahead of Matt Crow or do you take Matt Crow because you like him more?
0: I think you go with the first round pick. I mean, you're seeing a play out with Davis mills right now, right? Debatedly had the best rookie year of any of the quarterbacks besides Mac Jones. And I think it's still debatable that his rookie year was worse than Mac Jones, but because he's a third round pick, it's like, you know, no, like there's no guarantees for Davis mills, right? Like it's always an uncertainty. So with quarterbacks, I really do think, right. The thing we care about the most is do I think he'll be a starter for at least three years. Right. And if, if it's a second round pick, I don't think that that's a guarantee.
1: I think, I, I think Austin's mindset at seven has to be like, I just need the next quarterback that is going to be a starter. Like I need a shot to start day one, like not, not start next year. Cause right now he literally has two starting quarterbacks on his team. Like his, his bench quarterbacks are case Keenum, Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabber. like, He's, he's and, like Ryan Tannehill and Matt Stafford right now. And that's why I want QB. I feel like you have to. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely say QB. I just think uh, for me right now, I think Matt Corral currently has the best chance to be gifted a starting job if the NFL were to start right now. I definitely think if, you know, say Willis goes to Detroit at two and Carolina takes somebody and Corral ends up going to, you know, seattle at like nine or wherever they pick and pittsburgh is now like shoot we got to take Ritter. like that's a really attractive pick for austin right here at seven yeah even brian freaking up at the top i don't know like where do you want to but to me uh, talent wise right now i would say like the quarterback pick would
2: be corral like i said the draft is going to be very dependent on who who goes where this to me also feels like an opportunity for Mike to uh, uh, get somebody to overpay for a starting quarterback. Like, you know, Mike's been hoarding starting quarterbacks waiting for somebody to be desperate. You know, if this gets closer to September and, you know, Austin doesn't have a third starting quarterback on his roster, I, you know, if I were Mike, I might be hitting him up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, this would be this classic time Mike would sell to a, for like a first and uh and, like, a quality bench player. And everybody would be like, ugh. Like you <laughs> had to do it. But it's like, do you feel more confident? I probably feel more confident in Tua than the third quarterback in this draft.
1: Like, Absolutely. With the, with the roster that he now has, I would definitely say so.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, oh. I mean, even if I'm, like, like, if I could get 1.7 for Tua right now and if one of Garrett Wilson – if Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks or Drake London are there, like – I don't know. I might be willing to part with Tua for a little bit less than, you know, maybe what you could get for him. Maybe you get a first and a late second is what Tua's worth is. But that feels like a pretty good trade for Mike, especially with where his team is at. So, I don't know. I I could see the movement, too. I like that. Mm -hmm. All right. Next up, we're drafting for Matt Kinney, and it's Matt Matt making the pick. (laughs) We're taking an eight, Matt.
1: So... Currently the way my team sits and I feel like we've talked about my team a lot, like met use this phrase around, I have a lot of top end, like my starting like core seven or eight, whatever you want to say, I think is like very possible to like, if that was all fantasy football was, I feel good about my chances to compete. Unfortunately, it's not, um, you know, running back is definitely a position I am like interested in obviously Cordero signing back to Atlanta. If Atlanta takes a running back, then that kind of sucks. But for right now I have at least a third starting running back loosely quoted on starting for him, but wide receiver is also a spot where I like have some darts that like, you know, Robinson falling or like finding a home in LA is really nice. Hmm. I think if this is how the draft were to roll, I I have to go with Garrett Wilson at this spot. I don't think I don't think you can let him fall past eight. Isaiah Spiller is somebody who I would conceivably think of as like the last of the trio of running backs that I think are worthy of honestly a top fifteen pick. Um, the, you know Spiller is kind of like a like a Walmart, not maybe as bad as Walmart, but like a Walmart's Brees Hall. Like he does everything good but he doesn't really excel at a whole lot of stuff. Um, I think he has the ability to be a starter, but when you're looking at like Garrett Wilson, who's going to be a top 10, like coveted pick compared to Isaiah Spiller, who might not go into
2: like the third round. um, I think I would go Garrett Wilson. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense there. Josh, what about you?
0: Yeah. I think you have to, I mean, as much as you want a running back and you need a running back, like, I think it's, you know, and this is maybe where you, you know, you get a little traded. You know, you want Spiller. I don't think you'll be there at 2.5. I would be shocked because that's your next pick. So maybe you do a little swap at 110, you know, maybe get like a,
2: <laughs> do some live, and 2A, you know, live trade talks on the podcast. <laughs> weird, weird.
0: Yeah. I have
1: want, what? Okay. Trading, trading back has definitely crossed the mind. Um, Obviously, you know, what what you decide to do, Josh, at six, what Dylan does at three, if Brian goes weird at four, or if Mike pulls a fast one at five, like there's a lot of things that could affect where I go at eight. Trading back has definitely crossed my mind. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I mean, you and Mike are the immediate, like literally the immediate four picks right after that. So I feel like you two are like the best options that I would trade back to this point, but you know, like I said, a guy, assuming we're not trading right now, I think Garrett Wilson is a tough person to to pass up at eight.
0: For sure. Yeah. I think if that's the end of a you know, we've thrown some quarterbacks in there, but from a non-quarterback position, I think after Wilson, personally, there's like a teardrop. Like like, and I don't think it's huge. I think jameson and Olave are good players. I don't think it's bad but i think there's a difference like you, you can't i don't know you can't let wilson i think keep falling in the draft i think we would be like we would look back on this year and we would be like oh that was that was really stupid that we let him continue to go
2: totally, totally. so i think i think i'm back up on the clock uh with mike's second first round pick uh to me i think this also i i feel like there's, um, you know, a name that stands out to me on this board. And it's, it's a player that I think there's a lot of teams uh, would shy away from just given his situation. Uh, but for Mike, it's, you know, he's, I, I, he's fully accepted that he's not competing this year. He he has an opportunity to kind of sit around and wait for a guy like this. Um, so to me, I'm going, I'm going Jamison Williams at nine to Mike. This is, you know, a guy that pre ACL tear was, you know, probably a top three fantasy pick you know maybe top five at the worst and to be able to get him at the back end of the first round when mike has two of the next two of the next three picks after this as well as two more second round picks you know this just to me feels like a really easy option to you know draft him toss him on your ir spot forget about him for a year and you know you potentially have yourself a, a pro bowler uh you know, in, in the years to come. Uh, so, to me, this is this is kind of like a draft and stash um, pick. And you know, maybe you can get Jameson Williams later on in the draft, but he's he's, in my opinion, too big of a talent to, you know, to pass up at nine.
0: Yeah, I think this is where we get to a bit of a crossroads. I think mean, there's a here that you know, because of our league. There'll be a player that's considered gets taken here, which would probably be five picks, six picks earlier than a typical draft. And it really depends on where he falls in the actual NFL draft. If he's a second round guy, I I could see Mike reaching for him here. I think he's, you know, we love him. I think there's a chance it could be David Bell at 1.9. And it seems a little crazy now when you think going Bell over inevitable first round picks of Olave and Williams, but Man, he may not be the best athlete, but he's so fucking good.
2: I think David Bell's gonna be a third round pick. I don't think he's a third round pick.
0: You can't take him at one point nine.
2: You just yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, everybody loves David Bell.
0: I don't know. I just I like it would be if David Bell is good, he will be one of the most valuable assets in our league. Like, could you have a more fun person on your team than David Bell if he actually ends up being a good NFL wide receiver? Like. I think it'd be kind of tough. I don't know. It's it's a reach for sure, but I think there's a chance.
1: I think I'd rather be Austin with Rondale on my team right now. Situation in Arizona with freaking Kirk gone. They did not bring back AJ Green. Like you got to like what Rondale might turn into over there in Arizona. So
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now, what do you think about the Jameson Williams pick?
1: Yeah. I like Jameson. I think like Brian mentioned, I have put this in my box before if there wasn't an ACL tear, I honestly think he might be like a easy shoe in for Dylan at three, um, you know, ACL recoveries. He tore it. What national championship semifinals. So like early in January, nine to 12 months. So at the front end of that, maybe he's back end of September into October. Yeah. Um, so you could still get some value from him this season. Um, but I think in terms of that, like, like Josh has been saying, second tier guys, I think in Mike's situation, I would go Williams over like an Alave or a Bell or a Dotson or a, a George Pickens in this case. Yeah,
2: I agree.
0: Yeah. I think it's the best available player. Um, so from that perspective, I think it's a good pick.
2: Yeah. So, Matt, who you got at 10? Wrapping up the first round.
1: Last pick of the first round, going back to the commish. um, I think at 10, his options are a little bit more limited. Um, In this case, Matt Corral is still on the board, um, who I think could be at play in the first, although, again, his situation is going to dictate what happens there but I don't honestly like quarterback here at 10. Um, I think in terms of, especially if you, Josh, are a contending team and have like the aspirations to contend, I think you need another player who could be impactful right away. Um, And I think the most impactful person that could like get some time right off the bat in this case would be Chris Olabe from Ohio state. I think he's kind of slotted in, to like that mid first round um he's a clean route i i personally don't like olave that much i think he's a little bit too overhyped i do understand the dude ran the track off at in his 40 like showcase blazing speed he's a clean route runner um so maybe you might get some like aspirations of like a, a baby cooper cup kind of type player in there like a little bit smaller of a a guy but I think he has the most upside in terms of somebody who could help your team out right now and for like the immediate future
0: yeah I mean this is tough because like we've had so many exceptions to this rule of first round wide receivers like popping off in their rookie year with you know Jamar Chase Justin Jefferson C.D. Waddle had a crazy good. Jalen Waddle, yeah. Like Devontae Smith had a pretty decent year for a rookie year. Like in reality, Devontae Smith's rookie year, like that is an elite rookie year by like normal standards. And so, because I really feel like my window is right now, you know, if Spiller goes in the second, like it would be like if if he went to a team where I feel like the fit was good, and I, you know, the he would be the RB. It would be spiller a 10 would be a really good pick i think for me given kind of how i see my team going you know mm-hmm. i definitely he's taken a huge hit since you know pre-combine i think spiller it was like spiller and hall and then walker right so he's definitely fallen down boards a little bit but i think depending upon where he lands that'll be a huge driver for who i end up picking there
2: yeah no i agree i think i think a lot of it makes a lot of sense i think spiller makes a lot of sense i i, I think you kind of have your your choice so a litter there so uh yeah we're ready to jump in the second round we'll maybe Let's do it speed things up a little bit go yeah. uh going through these last 10 so i'm i'm back on the board with mike um uh, so you know i mentioned you know josh has the choice of chris Olave and isaiah spiller at 10 in my mind you know if this is how it breaks mike just takes whichever one josh doesn't uh so i'm going isaiah spiller to mike here uh i think you know i agree that the the double running back is a little weird, you know, with Kenneth Walker at five and then Isaiah Spiller again here. But with as many picks as Mike has, he's gonna go probably double at every position. Uh, and to me, Isaiah Spiller is just a, a really, really nice like taxi squad option for Mike, where, you know, he's probably not a huge, you know, ball carrier right out of the gate. But maybe in, you know, maybe halfway through the season or in the next year, he has kind of a Javante Williams type type role on a team. Uh, I think Isaiah Spiller probably provides the most upside of everybody that's left. Uh So to me, I think, you know, with just the gluttony of picks that Mike's ha- Mike has in my mind, it's just best player available. Every, every chance he gets. Yep.
0: I agree with that pick. I think it's the right pick.
2: Matt, yeah. who do you have for Mike at two now? Uh Mike at two. Um,
1: you know, we mentioned doubling up. I think he needs to double up on a receiver right here to pair up with Williams or Jamison at nine. Um, I know we just talked about it. And honestly, I don't think this guy is going to be there at seven or back at nine. Um, so I think Mike takes David Bell to two second pick of the second round gets his Purdue guy locks him up on his team and it is just giddy as a child on Christmas morning.
2: Yeah, that would, that would be, uh, that would definitely be the best thing that could happen to Mike. I would say.
0: Yeah. There's no way Mike doesn't take David Bell with one of these three picks right here. I am so confident that that is going to happen unless David Bell falls to like the fourth round one, because I know Dylan will take David Bell with the next pick in the draft because totally. He hasn't done anything. All he knows, David Bell goaded at Purdue. So I think <laughs> I think it's David Bell here. And I don't know if it's the best pick. You know, I think the, the draft capital will have a huge impact on where David Bell goes in the draft. Because if he's a second rounder, like, I think he could go in the top 10 in our draft just because we all know how good he is. So I mm-hmm. think yeah. taking him here makes a lot of sense.
2: I do too. Uh, so I... I believe i've got dylan again you know as we were talking about dylan being at, at three uh once again so he went uh, you know i had him going uh with drake london in the first round that you know starts to take care of his wide receiver problems like we were talking about running back is a position of strength it's probably not something he needs to address until the third or fourth round uh so to me i this is where i think matt crowd comes off the board I think this is a chance for for Dylan just to, you know, continue to stock up his quarterback room, give them as many options as he needs. Uh, and, you know, maybe this is Desmond Ritter, Matt Crowe goes first, but, you know, pretty interchangeable in that spot. But uh, to me, I think this is a great place for Dylan to go quarterback just because it provides him, you know, a little bit more insurance against his his uncertainty at quarterback.
0: Mm-hmm. I think assuming Carago's in the second, that's a good, that's a good pick.
1: Yeah. yeah we got I, I yeah, agree. Clark. I like, I like the corral pick there. I think it gives down a little bit more flexibility. Like we said, there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, things could get murky for his quarterbacks. So I think quarterback there is good. Um, I'm picking for Josh for the third time uh, here at two, four. I uh, think I
0: traded two, four. That's on good. Did you trade two? Now.
1: Oh, this is on good now. On good now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I forgot about your little DJ Moore swap. So now we got on good at four. Um, On good. I feel like four is a tough spot to say, you know, Sam Howell conversations come in. Um, I just don't, I don't know that I necessarily like that. If I were on good, I would take the next best wide receiver available. Um, And for me personally, I think that's a Jahan Dotson from Penn state. I've seen his name a lot in one of those four Kansas city green Bay picks. I think his name's going to be really attractive. um, Especially if he falls there um, and like that back into the first round. So I think he's a guy that on good would take a shot on. I mean, especially in Green Bay. Green Bay doesn't have anybody else to throw to, so you know Aaron Rodgers loves to chuck it. If he
2: can get some early rapport, that's a nice spot for him. Yeah, no, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I had, I had him circled on the board here for my next pick, so uh, I think I'm up with you now, Matt, at, at pick five in the second round. Uh, so, you know, even though uh, this isn't necessarily the, you know, like we discussed, the position that I think Uh, makes the most sense I think there's there's probably a talent left on the board here that is just unmatched at other positions Um, and to me it's you know it's a risky pick but it's George Pickens from Georgia I think to me this is probably the this probably I would say the last of the second tier wide receivers that's left on the board Uh, but he's still in my mind leaps and bounds better than you know Uh, some of the other wideouts, some of the other, you know, running backs that are left. Like we've really fallen off the cliff with running backs. Like you're now getting to guys that are almost destined for split backfields and stuff like that. You've pretty much only got Sam Howell left at quarterback. Nothing looks great at tight end. So to me, like this is, you know, George Pickens, there's been a lot of stories about him not being, you know, mature enough to handle the NFL. Um, So there's, you know, there's risk involved in this pick, but I think he's probably the best talent that's left over. What are your thoughts, Matt?
1: I like it. I think I think if George Pickens was a little bit more mature and didn't have the injury history at the beginning of the season, he's another guy, especially coming out of high school, was crazy highly touted. Um, you know, you know, he could have been in that wide receiver one conversation. I think if he can get his act together, he's definitely a guy that I would be interested in. I mean, we all saw that catch he had freaking running down like midfield at the 50. Or whatever it was in their game, like when George was playing in the college football playoff. So big play guy, I need some big play options. Yeah. So I like that there.
0: I think it's the best, best player available for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: 15. Okay. 16. Now Josh, is this you? Yep. Okay. So 16 with Josh. Um, I feel like we've covered your like, win now ness. um, with some players, I feel like with these second-round picks, you're kind of taking, like, a, a guy who you'd like and could potentially do something later in the year or just, like, you know, finding somebody's cuff in this case. Um I feel like this is going to be the first big wrench in everything. I'm going to throw a name that I guarantee you two are not anticipating right here. This is a player that I, like, really like. I think he's a dark horse to be. Can I guess? One of the <laughs> most impactful rookies out there. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. Brian, who do you think? Khalil Shakir. I'm not going to go Khalil Shakir. I think okay. I, I think he's destined to be a third-round pick in our draft. And honestly, I'm probably going to take him because I don't think anybody really knows a lot <laughs> about him. My Boise State stud. This is a dude who has like soared like rankings in this position – I am going to say Josh takes Rashad white from Arizona state at this pick right here. And the reason I say that is because Rashad white is the most talented pass catcher in terms of running backs in this draft class. And if Josh wants somebody, especially like a team, if we're talking like split backfields, if his counterpart gets hurt or he gets on a pass happy team, I think he can be, a guy that like, you know, on a bye week you stick in on a flex, somebody that might actually be rostered. Um, I think he's a little dark horse in here, and that's who I would take at 16.
0: I think it's a good pick. I mean, the, the gap from Spiller to here, it, it gets – and even I think, you know, this is the next teardrop. Um, so I like Rashad White. And also like Christian Watson, Sky Moore, a couple other good receiver names here – you know going three receivers in a draft is never that fun so it might be fun to split it around a little bit and you also have sam howell left on the board assuming he gets taken in the second round so i think there's still a few good options here left um but i think rashad white's a good pick
2: yeah so i think i'm back up with mike now right at seven yeah i'm uh keeping track of this correct so uh, to me this is you know he he went jameson williams earlier in this mock uh You know that's a that's a wide receiver that you kind of have to wait on for a little bit. Uh, This next guy I'm going to take not necessarily a guy that I I think is going to be you know a day one impact, but you know potentially by the end of the season has a little bit more uh, you know more to offer uh, than Jamison Williams might. Um, That's Christian Watson from I think North Dakota State. Uh, You know small school guy, but he's he's definitely rising up draft boards as well. He I I, you know I wouldn't necessarily be shocked if he was a you know, high second round pick um, in the real NFL draft, and and to me, I think that just you know Mike needs as much talent as he can get, and and this is a good you know a good shot shot here you know with what's left on the board.
1: I like it.
0: I would go yeah. Watson there too. I, I like
1: it. I like it too. I think he's a name that a lot of teams are starting to take notice of. He had a great combine. Um, I think I think that screams Mike would pick. Yeah. Um, okay. So who do I have here at eight? Is this still, it's me. This is you. Okay. Yeah. So we literally just mentioned this person. Um, I think, especially in your position, Josh, you can never have too many quarterbacks, especially with the ability of a taxi squad. I think at the back end of the second round, especially at 18, Sam Howell is a guy that I think makes sense here. Um, I don't necessarily know that he's going to start right away. He very well could learn under somebody for a couple of years and then be given his shot. But with Joe Burrow and Kyler Murray kind of at the helm of your team, you have the luxury to take on that risk. And even if you don't want to roster him, tax him for the year just to see what, you know, if the team does with him. Um, So I would go Sam
2: Howell. Yeah, no, I like that. It makes a lot of sense. It's, you know, low risk, high reward pick, I feel like.
0: Yep. I like it too. Brian, what's next?
2: I think I got Mike again uh, at nine. Yep. Mike's last pick of the smock. So I'm going to, I'm going to toss out, you know, a position group we haven't got to yet. I feel like uh, it's about time the first tight end went off the board. So uh, even though, even though Mike has a deep tight end room, to me, this is just a classic taxi squad play that, you know, you toss out there and, and, you know, if this guy does better than, you know, better than the worst tight end he's rostering. You drop the guy at the end of the season and, and move on to this guy. So, for me, that's Trey McBride. I feel like he's I think he's Colorado State. Um, probably, you know, there's three or four guys that I feel like are all you know, average to above average tight ends that could be the first one to go off the board. For me, you know, Trey McBride's my favorite just because I think he's the most versatile weapon. Um, but there's, you know, there's multiple other players you go with here. But to me, Mike, you know, with all these picks, just needs to Diversify the positions he covers too.
0: I think that it might be a little early for Trey, but yeah, it's a tight end isn't bad. And Mike always loves a speculative tight end. Yeah. All right, Matt, wrap us up. Last pick of the draft. Where are we going?
1: Last pick. Who do I have here? This is a, this is you, it's Irrelevant. <laughs> I yeah. literally picked every spot for Josh. <laughs> uh, what? This is insane. So Josh at two ten. Um, I think. I think you go with. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you two names. The first name is who I think you should take. The second name is I just want to give some love to a guy that doesn't give a like hasn't gotten a whole lot of love. If I were you right here, I would take Sky Moore from Western Michigan. I think okay. he, he screams like second round wide receiver. Um, I think he's gonna be really good. Um, Western Michigan has a history of like, you know, wide receivers getting taken pretty high. So I think he follows suit there. Sky Moore would be who I take. Um, but I just want to throw out a dude that's a small school guy that doesn't give a whole lot of love, that I think is also in this third set, who, you know, might not be a second round pick, but is also moving up people's boards like Christian Watson, and that is Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. Um, I know Josh is big in the dynasty fantasy football subreddit. I've gotten into it too. And there are some dudes in there that love them. Some Jalen Tolbert. I I mean, South Alabama, we never see like them play, but the dude knows how like to play wide receiver. He can catch it. He can run. He's an Uber athlete. I think some team is going to be super happy with him personally. I really hope it's my team taking him in the third round, but I just, I just wanted to shout him out as like a, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he could sneak into the second. Yeah,
0: I like it. I I like the mention. Sky Moore is probably the best pick there left at two ten, given where we're at right now. So I think we're at a good spot. I know we're coming up over an hour. If you've made it to this point, I'm sure you loved the call out for Jalen Tolbert, because you probably love fantasy football. If you're still listening an hour plus into our draft analysis.
2: This is also. Sh- I I actually um I think we should give like a little like Easter egg prize for like Tommy uh, Sloan and um, Colin if they somehow made it to this point in the draft. I think we should give them like two or three names that we think they should pick with their picks in the third round, just as like a, a token of appreciation for making it this far <laughs> in a pod that doesn't impact them at all. <laughs> So, Matt, what are, what are what are like two or three names of guys that are still left on the board that they should yeah. take?
1: Oh, I got you. I've been doing a lot of stuff. So, like I said, Jalen Tolbert, a receiver I love out of South Alabama. Um, Wandale Robinson, if you watched that Kentucky-Iowa game, that dude was a beast. Um, Going to be in the slot. I think he is definitely at play in the third round. Um, Some more lesser-known names, Brian threw out Khalil Shakir. He's like a poor man's Rondale, did like a little bit of everything at Boise State. Um, Taekwon Thornton, the dude from Baylor that ran like a 4-2-1 or some nonsense. Um, and then running back-wise, the two names I would look for, James Cook from Georgia, little brother of Dalvin Cook. Um, and then uh, lesser known name, Tyler, I don't know how to say his last name, Algier, Algeier, A-L-L-G-E-I-E-R, Algeier. He's a, he's a BYU running back. He's built like Xander Horbath, but a little bit faster, just like this stocky bruiser. I think he could find a home as like a short yardage running back for one of them to take.
2: Yeah, I like it. So my my couple names uh, for you guys, if you're still listening, uh, uh, Greg Dulcich and Isaiah Likely as tight ends to go with in the third or fourth round. You know, they're shots in the dark, who knows, but we all could use a tight end. And if one of them hits, you'll look like a genius. Um, I like Pierre Strong too as a running back, and then a uh, little bit of a, a out of left field. Bailey Zappy as a quarterback. You know he's going to be probably a third, fourth, fifth round quarterback, but he's gotten some love, so he's probably one of the best. You know one of the best quarterbacks left after this mock. So. Yeah. Anyway,
0: I was going to say Carson Strong. That the, too. Third yeah. Third round pick. I mean. I think if you're getting Carson strong in the third round, you know, you're flying anyway. So there's, you know, he's got, he, he could be a starter. There's a chance. And then a uh, uh, wandale was my other guy. Yeah. a no, like Small
2: guy run it. So Colin, Tommy Sloan, if you guys made it this far, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, great. Thanks for joining Matt and Brian. Always good to have you on. Good to film a podcast. Good talking draft. I'm excited. Two weeks away from the real NFL draft. We can, revisit this in a couple weeks and see maybe do like a 30 minute update and see what would change from now so it'd be fun to do a comparison after that totally
2: great all
0: right i'll talk to you guys later thanks for listening everybody see you in a few weeks see you guys